Okay, today is part two of the previous episode, The Abe Cruz Story, Forever Faith. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, part one, you need to go do that first and then come back to this episode because this episode starts right where the first one left off, where he was being arrested on the highway in the middle of the night by DEA agents and taken to an abandoned warehouse. So come on, let's continue to do a background check on Abe Cruz. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check hey background check family welcome to background check podcast i'm your host J. Dan gum and this podcast is brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. If you want to know more about what we do at Forgiven Felons, check us out on the website at ForgivenFelons.org. Hey, if you want to be a sponsor uh, of this episode or a particular episode or the whole show, did you know that we have hit, on average, the last three months, a thousand downloads? And that, mean, that means at least a thousand downloads a month, people are getting our podcast in their ears. So if you want to be a sponsor, then then your name is getting out there as well. So let it, let us know. Hit me up. Go to the website. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a text on show, uh, social media. Whatever you want to do. So uh, also, this show, we celebrate Friday, June 4th. We celebrate a year of being on the air at Background Check Podcast. Come on. Come on. Give, give, give yourselves a hand. Yay. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Without you listening, we couldn't do it. This time last year, this weekend, I was uh, appearing on Huckabee. The podcast was releasing, and the documentary the, the documentary was releasing on Roku TV all in the same weekend. So it was an incredible weekend a year ago. We believe this next year is going to be uh, even more incredible as well. All right? So uh, listen, also, if you have like a reentry or uh, uh, jobs where you hire felons, this podcast is about to go into prisons all across the nation. So, yes, you heard me right. So inmates inside prison will be listening, and they'll know about your business that you're hiring for, or they will know about your reentry services. So uh, it's, it's good to get your name on here. So background check, what do we do? We tell stories. We tell stories of people who have risen above their background, and are, are killing it in life. Uh, we also tell stories of people who help people with backgrounds, CEOs, lawyers, directors of recovery centers, uh, reentry services. I mean, we, we've had them all on here. So this is what we do. And this, this episode here is part two. I repeat, this is a part two. Uh, none of our episodes you have to listen to consecutively except this, these two. You got to listen to these two. Uh, part one first. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to the previous last week's episode. And um, we're telling the Abe Cruz story, Forever Faith. He he got, man, he got locked up in prison and God deposited all these things. And now he's a, a international clothing brand. He's an international motivational speaker, a reality TV show star. I mean, he's done all these things. He's got a great family. I had a great time interviewing. Uh, so this is part two. It picks up right where we left off on part one, where he was being taken to an abandoned warehouse. So here we go. Uh, the Forever Faith, the Abe Cruz story, part two. He reads me my rights, handcuffs me, says, Cruz, you're going away. Hmm. And I'm in silence at this point. I didn't know what was going on. So this part gets a little crazy and I don't put it all into the book and we're see we're gonna see how we put the movie but they took me to an abandoned warehouse wow um 
Yeah, so uh, you know, it's too, not too much I can say all about all that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah. So they, but, they they just you know uh, like the movies. Yeah, like the like, movies. like the movies. Like all the right. Movies. Uh, and, at, at some point though, you get booked into the the, the county jail. Yes. Uh, and then let's see. I get booked in, and the gentleman that books me in was from Orange County. Yeah. I had to show my license and right. all that, and and he says, Cruz, you're the same age as my son. We're from Orange County. What are you doing out here? What'd you get mm. yourself into? Mm. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. Well, in the holding cells right next door, there's like, you know, there's 40, 50 guys in there. Mean people, <laughs> drunk people, yeah. on drugs, all of the above, crazy people. He, he sends me off to another holding cell by myself. And just he's like, just hang out here. You won't get into any troubles here. And I was like, Okay, wow. I, like that. I don't think that's normal because hand, I, hand of God protecting I, you there, bud. And and throughout the book, yeah, there's so many, so many of those times of yeah. those situations. So I go to another cell, and um, you know, I end up calling my brother. I said, "Brother, don't panic. I'm in jail <laughs> in Oklahoma. I need you to go get my money. It's it's over here behind the TV in a brown paper bag. <laughs> Fly out here." Bail me out, pay the bells, man, what they need to get paid, and I need an attorney. So I, I was in maybe two days, probably not even two nights, maybe two nights, maybe two nights. I was in and out. My brother came out, bailed me out. We went straight to an attorney's office. As soon as I got out, I called my mom because my mom was worried. And the DEA in yeah. LA had already raided the house. And this is where my mom, she's crying and screaming. And now, is this the, the phone call where they were there? Yeah, raiding. Right there. Right they there. Were, they were man. right there. I couldn't believe how fast it was. I wasn't even, I, was, I didn't bail out, not even an hour. I wasn't even an hour out. Wow. And I guess they got a, what are those things called? Um, a warrant. I guess yeah. they got a warrant to just raid the search house. Warrant, and warrant, yeah. yeah, search warrant. They had probable cause, and I learned all those things. Yeah. <laughs> so they went in, raided the house. My mom said there was like 30 DEA agents with shotguns and dogs, wow. and they tore up the house looking for stuff. They didn't find nothing. Wow. But they caught, They got on the phone with me, took the phone from my How mom. How scared was your mom? She was crying in, in tears, and she was she couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah. She didn't know what was happening because she didn't know. I, I mean, I you know. And then the way he talks to you on the phone, right there in front of her. Oh yeah, just I was just out, like, man, what a crap. jerk. He calls me a piece of crap, but I felt like I was a yeah. piece of crap at yeah. this point because, you know, my mom didn't know what was going on. She had no idea. She just knew we were doing a little better financially, and we, I was able to help her, you know. But she didn't know where money was coming right. from. So, he curses me out says everything and then what ends up happening from there is we fly home i, I well, hired an attorney cost me a lot of money <laughs> i flew home my brother took my bmw to the airport i don't know why he took my car but he decided to use my car took it to the airport so we landed at burbank airport when we got to burbank airport we went to the parking lot to, to get the car and go home we couldn't find the car the car was gone and you couldn't miss this car. All black, BMW. I took all the lights out, and the whole car was like black with limo tint windows. And then all of the lights were, I didn't have red lights. I had crystal. So everything mm. was black and chrome. It looked pretty gangster, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, that car was gone. Wow. It was gone, and we're like, oh, no. So I called my attorney. Hey, my car's gone. He said, they took it. DEA took it. You have two options. You can go down to the police station and get it. But then they're going to ask you for proof of funds and how you purchased it. So it's up to you, Abe. I said, they can have it. Let them have it. <laughs> so we left them with the Smart car. Choice. We left them with the car. And now we're fighting the case for um, for the next. My attorney tells me right there. Uh, he told me, Abe, they want to give you a 30-year sentence. And that's when life kind of got serious. Yeah. What went through your mind at that moment? I was going to leave to Venezuela. I was going to leave to China. I was getting ready to leave to Mexico real quick. Because you had, I mean, you had some... You had some ways to get out, right? I mean, you, some, you, I mean, you could easily just disappear across the border, right? And not... Right. I, the first thought was go to Venezuela. Um, I don't. I I went to Venezuela the um, the summer before. I went to Venezuela. I was there for two three weeks, um, and I said, okay, I can make a living out here. It would have been totally different. I found out the personal trainers make sixty five dollars a month. Ooh. It was a sad <laughs> the way that they live out there. Yeah. You know, was 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 heartbreaking but um but at this point they're telling me 30 years that means i get out at almost 60 years mm. old you know 50 years old and i'm like oh no so my mom told me not to panic my mom's the one that kept me strong the whole she time she did she did and and you see that you see that theme throughout the book yeah 
you know, and, and, and I'm just going to ask you about that, how, how important your mom's been to you the, your whole life, My you know, whole life. and she's always had a, she had a calming effect on me just, you know, <laughs> reading how she would always just say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, um, her answer but, was pray. Yeah. Her yeah. answer was always pray. Get on your hands and knees and pray. But it was always, you have to actually sacrifice. Yes. Yes. God, you know, like we were talking about earlier, God loves to do things for us, but he also really loves to do things with us. Of course. And if, when he's doing his part and we're doing our part, it's just the great partnership. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, so you, you, you fight, you wait, you try to get reduced time. You get, I have to fly back to Oklahoma every month now. Yeah. So I had to fly back just to show up to court to let the, the, the judge. So eventually y'all settle on, on what? So eventually we end up settling on, um, my attorney, comes back well this is after two years right it, at first Long it was a violent ago. crime right so first they wanted to give me trafficking and they, they kept it on trafficking from 30 to 25 to 20 and then eventually we we dropped the we were able to drop it to possession with intent i was a first time offender right like and that's crazy when i was reading that i'm like there's no way that this is gonna stick so i tried to jump forward well, to see if i could see what <laughs> well you know the thing is there's a lot of people that get put in those situations but because they don't have money they don't have the lawyers they don't to have be the able money or the lawyer yep. and that's it they're yep. stuck with it exactly so and i realized that i said man, if i didn't have the money yeah. i wouldn't i would have been caught on trafficking and they would have sent me away for good so i knew how fortunate i was and and blessed in that whole situation um so my attorney was able to at least Fight for me and get me that. He got it reduced to a possession with intent. And in Texas, I think you guys do 90% mm-hmm. of your time. So federal time, you do 90%. Right. So the state of Texas is just like doing fed time. It's crazy. So if you get an eight-year sentence, you're doing yep. seven years. You know, yep. you're you're doing 90% of your time. Well, in Oklahoma, it's 85 for a violent crime or 33 to 35% for a nonviolent crime. So that, remember that was the whole thing. We, we were fighting it. We were fighting as if we can get it to a nonviolent, you know, I might do a few years, yeah. you know, um, because I almost at one point went state or I'm st- when fed because I, I, and I crossed over 15 states. Wow. <laughs> so I could easily, I was trying way. to figure out how you didn't get federal time. The only, only possible explanation that I could say is when you have some money, you, you're able to buy your way into yeah, different true. situations. That's, that, true. that's it. That's so it. you get it down to a really, really, really good low sentence where you know, you'll, you'll be out in a short time. So take us to that day where they sent <laughs> they sent it to you. So, I, I was now prepared to turn myself in with a 12-year sentence, okay? No, I'm sorry, with a, well, a 12-year in, I had already got, they already knew it was 25 out. Right. So, but 12 years in. So, the day of sentencing, I fly to Oklahoma, turn myself in, and you know, my mom, we're praying in the back. Um, the judge says, Mr. Cruz, I don't know why, but we're going to drop your sentence to 10 years instead of 12. So, we went from 12 to 10. So then she says, Mr. Cruz, I wish you the best. Stay out of trouble. Do your programs. And maybe we'll see you for a judicial review. So we were banking on that. We were yeah. banking. I'm a first-time offender. Yeah. I should be getting a judicial review. So the the judge bangs the gavel. Mr. Cruz, you're sentenced to 10 years in, 25 out. So I'm still on probation now. So when that ends up happening, the judge says, take them away. You know, they handcuffed me to four or five other people. Yeah. And the guard ends up telling me on the way out, and he tells me in Spanish, Todo va a estar bien. Dios tiene un plan para ti. Which means, you're going to be fine. God has a plan for you. Now, I don't know how he knew I spoke Spanish, but obviously because my mom was in the very back crying, and she was screaming and yelling, mijo, mijo, and she was speaking Spanish. So the guard gave me that message that God obviously gave him. So we get into the elevator, and he's he's just kind of like calming me down. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, okay. Now, were you freaking out? Well, I, I was crying. I was in my suit and tie. I was I was crying. I, but at this point, the night before, I, I kind of made, you know, and made it good with God and said, I'm going to go do my time, whatever it is now. You know, I knew that it, it would be three to six years is, as I knew I would be kind of gone for. But we were also banking on that judicial review. Right, exactly. Um, so, and, you know, 
my attorney sells me on the fact you're a first-time offender, clean record, you'll get the review. We'll, we'll get to that. So that's it. I get into the elevator. The guard is there. He sends me away. My mom's screaming and yelling, and I tell her I love her, and she tells me to stay strong, don't lose your faith. And when I get back in for processing now to turn my stuff in, my clothes, and switch me into my oranges, it's the same guy that was there at the beginning. Mm. The same guy. Wow. And again, what does he do? He sends me to another pot, another cell. Wow. Another holding cell. So I wasn't in there. Yeah. And what do they call it? Circulation, population. General with, population. General yeah. with, with 40 or 50 other people. I was put to the side. Mm, so good. And so that ends up happening. And, you know, now that was the beginning of my journey. Yeah. And I did all that. And Dick Connors, Hominy, there's a murder every week. When I went to Oklahoma City, I go to processing at Lexington. They shave my head. You saw my mug shots, <laughs> doing all of those things. I get onto the bus, and now I'm being shipped to Dick Connors Hominy, where there's a murder every mu- every week. And uh, all 80 of us or 70 of us are on the bus. We're handcuffed. We're getting ready to get off the bus. They the, the guard says, all right, everybody off the bus, except Cruz, you stay seated. And I'm like, what? Cruz, you stay seated. Cruz, you're going to, you got overflow. You're going to uh, Sepulpa Creek County. I didn't even know what that meant at this time, you know. <laughs> so now they'd send me into a little a little van. Yeah. And I, I get sent to Overflow. And I get to Sepulpa Creek. I got to a county jail. Wow. And now I'm in a big pod with, uh, I think, maybe 50 guys, 25 on the bottom, 25 up top. We shared bunk beds, two two TVs, uh, two restrooms. And um, that was now the next. I was only supposed to be there for nine months. It ended up being like 16 months. But that's when all of the miracles and blessings of my journey happen. So at this point, even though, you know, you'd, you'd been taught to always have faith in God. Wasn't uh, too strong. Though. When, when <laughs> was there ever a point up, up to now? Was there ever a point where you got down on your knees and said, okay, I'm rededicating my so, life? So everybody was banking on a one year judicial review. I, I said, okay, I'm going to cry for the next couple of months and I'll be out. By the time I'm done, well, I ended up getting in a letter from my attorney and he says, Abe Cruz, I'm sorry to inform you, but the DA has denied your review. Mm. You're not getting out within a year. There's no way. And then it just leaves it at that. And I'm now pulling my hair out. I'm crying. I'm looking in the mirror. What am I going to do? I finally called my mom and I said, mom, they're not letting me out after a year. I'm, I'm going to be in here doing 30 to 40% of my time. And if I get into a fight, which we were seeing fights happen all the time, I don't want to catch another case. So my mo- this is when my mom tells me, everything happens for a reason. God has a plan for you. This is where it all happens. She says, you need to get on your hands and knees. Ask God for a second chance. But more than ever, this is the time where you need to sacrifice for him. Yeah. He has worked for you your entire life and you have ignored him and disregarded him and all of the blessings he sent your way. You take them for granted. It's it's time for you to sacrifice for God. So she says, you have to fast for 40 days. So there, right on that spot, crying with my mom, that night, I got on my hands and knees on my, on my bed, in my pod. I prayed, and the prayer was very specific. Father God, please give me a second chance to get out of here. And I promise that I will represent you in the best way possible, letting everyone in the world know that it was you that got me through this time, and I will represent you now. You always hear about people saying they sold their soul to the devil. I said, Father God, my soul is yours. I'm on your side. Use me however you want to use me. And as soon as I prayed, I started fasting that night. So my eat, my food was not normal. I would eat once a day, late at night, almost midnight. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. I didn't have anything in between. I didn't have anything in between. It was just, it was, rela- it was, um, um, uh, just it was like uh, what is it called um meditation time right it was straight meditation relax pray and and give thanks so i did that for 40 days but literally within the first week i started to dream and have visions now of the future this is all my prison paperwork wow all of that and there's over 200 documents and the first thing that came out the first thing that popped up was the word forever faith i didn't know what that meant but my mom had said don't lose your faith yeah so good. So now, while I'm fasting, while I'm praying, I'm starting to put a puzzle together in my brain, in my mind. 
And, but it was God's voice. I literally feel like I was laying in the pod and I feel like God's spirit and his light just hit me. Yeah. It was injected into me. And when I say literally injected, I literally mean injected to the point where, and I say this and I don't know if many people have caught it. I was able to touch a book and gather all of the information from the book. Hmm. Like that kind of a yeah. spirit. Wow. And most people would think you're crazy, but I've actually heard of other people in their testimonies. And I said, that makes sense. I understand what they're saying. I was able to touch the book or the Bible and have all of the imp- just flow through me. Um, and that's what happened. So literally for the next 40 days, I would get up every day and I'd write out what I saw. Mountains, hills, speaking to the world. And one of the things that I noticed was all of the men on the phone, and you know this, when you're in your pod and they're talking to their wives and their, their children or whoever... They were scared to get out of prison and move forward. Yeah, They didn't know how they were going to provide. They didn't know if they could get a job. They were doubting they could job. And they said it's easier to stay in prison. They get the, the bed, right? They get the, the shower and the three meals a day. And that was easier for them to stay in prison than to get out yeah. and face the responsibilities. Yeah. So when that ended up happening, while we were playing spades, we were playing spades, I remember it clearly because I was there with a guy. He was um, he was like an Indian Mojave, a Mojave Indian, a Hebrew Israelite, and a homosexual chef. <laughs> wow, what a table! Yeah, <laughs> and we were playing. We were playing spades. Okay. Wow. Different cultures, different belief systems, but we all got along. So during a moment of spades, it was the Indian guy, full of tats, everything. His whole face was tatted. He didn't want to get out and he was crying because he said it was easier to stay in here. Yeah. And you hear about the you hear about the jokes where they come to jail on vacation or they, they, they come to jail on probation and they leave on vacation because they just go out for a short time. and They come right back in. And it was so sad to hear this. And I literally said during the spades game, I'm going to start a company to move and inspire the world. I'm going to I'm going to start a clothing line. What should I call it, guys? We're all just laughing and joking and this guy's over here with his 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 humor and this hebrew israelites over here and this guy's giving us his feelings and and his spirituality and i said i'm gonna call it forever faith it's it's god gave me that that word that message forever faith they all thought i was crazy and that was the beginning of my mission so now i had told my mom mom you know what don't worry it doesn't even matter how long i'm in here for I have a, I know what my purpose is. And I literally wrote out my purpose. I created a comic book. I did a movie script. Um, I started designing for Forever Faith clothing. I started designing um, for the book, the movie. I started talking about the album and, and the soundtrack for what Forever Faith is going to be about. Like everything was just already. Wow. Yeah. It was just being spoken right there on the spot from prison. That is so good. Yeah, that so. is so good. You began to find, I mean, you were already finding favor. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, so now you're uh, all the stuff, all the visions coming together, everything's coming together, and and you even got moved to a you know you, to another high security one, but then you know you weren't I, there very long. I get went- yeah. So so I was only supposed to be there for nine months, right? But I, there was a whole purpose for it. So at this point, you know, after an incredible spiritual awakening um, at Creek County, Sepulpa. I, I even told my mom, I said, mom, I, I feel like I'm at Boy Scout camp. Yeah. I, I'm okay here. Even though there was a mistake when they sent me to a medium yard. I was a you know minimum right. yard offender, but they sent me to a medium yard with a bunch of lifers. Right. There was people in there for life when I went up to Crabtree. And um, that was a scary experience only for the fact that I knew in my brain that I was in here with people that had no problem taking my life because they had life. Right. So um, it was a couple of guys, buddies, told me, "Hey, stop playing basketball. Stop, stop playing with these guys because they're gonna. There's prison rules in here. There's no fouls. If they want to hit you, they're gonna hit you. So just stay out of it, or else you're gonna you get into a trouble. You're gonna get into a fight. So I took them their advice. Once I found that out, I didn't go back to the gym. I ran the track uh, every every morning, and then I ended up working out late at night with water bags and broomsticks. Using yeah. broomsticks oh, yeah. as, as weights. So we're doing that, and and you know that that really only lasted probably seven or eight months. I wasn't at Crabtree for too long. Um, and then I got sent to my next facility. Um, now at this point, at my next facility, 
it, my beginning was rocky. So yeah. I get there, and the first day they send me out to the street gang where they want you to work. Right. You know, they want you to pick up trash. Pick up trash and, on the highway. On the highway, and we're out there for seven, eight hours. Wow. My skin was burning. Yeah. Now, the same acne that I had as a child flared up again. Mm. It just hit me. I was breaking out all over my face, all over my body. I had tons of acne. Uh, and now the sun was hitting me, so it was frying my skin. Wow. So I was telling the lieutenant... Please change my job because when I get out of here, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on the cover <laughs> of magazines. I'm going to be speaking to the world. You need to get me out of here. You don't understand. They thought I was crazy. Oh, yeah. They wanted to send me off to another facility where I get jumped and beat up. They wanted to send me behind the walls. And um, I cried enough and complained enough. Eventually, they moved me. And I got a job um, first in, in the laundry room. Where I would just take uh, the clothes and put in the washer and then they give the clothes back. Simple, easy. That lasted for a few months. And then eventually I got a job at the hospital where I was able to prepare food for the elderly. Wow. That's favorite right there. And now I was eating chicken, fish, and steak. (laughs) And you talk about favor. My mom was able to call up the prison and, and talk to me. Wow. She would talk to the warden and say, may I speak to my son? He's going through this. He's going through that. But he's a special young man, and he has wow. a lot to offer the world. They would let the phone call come through, and they crews come have a quick call. Talk about favor. Yeah. Like this was now happening. Um, and then she was sending me acne cream, Persagel, uh, yeah. treatment. You know, everything that was not supposed to happen was happening. Was happening. That's so good. God was just saying, "I'm preparing you." Yeah. And so then. I, they come in one day and tell you to... At, at this point, we're now, you know... And you know, your, your sentence, your sheet comes off and you have good days and yeah. you're looking at it. You served 900 days and you're at 1,000 days and I'm looking at it and like 1,000. I remember breaking the 1,000 mark and all that. And, um, you know, I didn't know when I was getting out because they don't tell you. Some three years later, I lieutenant comes into the room after I came home from the hospital. I was getting ready to go work out like I normally did every day after... Lieutenant says, Cruz, pack your bags. You're leaving tomorrow morning. I said, where am I going? You're out. You're free. And I'm like, I just, I started crying. Yeah. I just started crying. Because like, oh you'd already been moved a couple times. And so you you yeah. maybe thought this was just another time. Another where stay. We're moving me off to, to another... the next location. I had been at this location now for a year. Yeah. So Crabtree, the, the medium yard, I was there for the shortest time. and But then I got to the facility Frederick, it was a work center. Yeah. So, and you know, you're supposed to go, for, but you're supposed to go from community work centers to a halfway home. I didn't do that. I went from community work center off to the ankle monitor. Yeah. They're overflow. They're so, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. overflown. But that meant that I had to pay for the ankle monitor. Yeah. That meant that I had to pay for the Christian sober living home. I had to pay for all these things. So, although I was so happy, I'm free, but now I have the reality of I have to get a job. Yeah. And tell me about that. So, I mean, you're out, you're free. 14 people said no. Everything's great, but until you start looking for a job. I, I well, and, I was good for the first day. <laughs> yeah. Your probation officer wasn't the kindest. No, and, and they and they they harp on you about getting a job. Of course. And paying your program fees yeah. or probation yeah. fees. Yeah. Or they're going to throw you back in. Yeah. And, and they, so many people don't believe me when I tell them that they, they threaten that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and it's all, it's not rehabilitation. It's, it's no, still punitive no, no, fear, no, no, yeah. fear-based motivation. And there's no rehabilitation effort in there at all. They, they don't want to see us succeed. They want to collect a paycheck and threaten, threaten that's to it. send us back the, to prison. That's it. And that's exactly what happened. I applied to 14, 15 different jobs. They all said no. Um, it wasn't until maybe two weeks later, my probation officer says, why don't you have a job? Send me, I want to see the list of all your jobs. So I sent him the list and the list is all real estate, real estate, mortgage, brokers, and gyms. That's it. Yeah. They said, why is, she says, you should be washing dishes at McDonald's or sweeping the floor. I said, I'm sorry, but I have a lot more to offer the world. I'm overqualified for that. And I said, I understand right now I, I'm a, you know, I have the monitor and some limitations, but I'm going to get through it. She, they say, if you don't have a job in 48 hours, we're sending you back to prison. Mm. So that's when like my heart broke. Yeah. And we didn't get into the story, but in the book, I and talk about Pastor John, John yep. Hellstrom yep. from Victory Christian. He would go into Sepulpa Creek County. He was there at the beginning of Forever Faith. And he was huge for you. He was, he was huge. huge for you. He, and now 
he gets to be huge for you on the outside. Amen. So Amen. tell us what happened on the so, outside with him. So now you're tw- you're 48 hours from going back to prison. 48 hours. 14 jobs already rejected you. <laughs> yes. Parole officer, probation officer, breathing down your back. So, so how did he? How was he able to help you out? Well, first off, I had to call my mom and tell my mom what was going on. Again, she said, "Stay calm, pray about it, get on your hands and knees and pray." So we did, and so this was the dilemma. I had a job interview the next day, but I also had a meeting with my probation officer, and there's no way that it took me three hours to ride a bus from my house to my my job interview. There was no way I can go from my house to the probation meeting to the job interview. I couldn't do that all. So I had to, I called John. I had his number. He gave it to me. He said, call me. Well, John, um, I called him. I said, hey, it's been a while. I don't know if you remember me. So Pulpit Creek County, Forever Faith. I told you all these things I'm going to do. He says, of course, Abe, how are you? And he called me Abraham. And he says, um, you have a powerful name. He says, what can I do for you? I said, well, I'm in a dilemma. I have to go meet at probation. I have a job interview, but I can't get to all of it because the bus takes too long. I need a ride. Can you help me? He says, I'll help you under one condition. And I said, sure. What is it? He says, I'll take you to probation and then I'll take you to your job interview. But you have to come to church with me on Sunday. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm still here and I'm not in prison, (laughs) I will go to church with you on Sunday. Um, so he came, picked me up, took me to probation. Now he got to witness how probation treated yeah. me. He saw it. I was dressed in a, 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 a button down slacks. I was dressed like kind of GQ, like nice. Yeah. And, um, he was just so surprised on how they treated me. Yeah. And he heard him say, you need to go wash dishes. You need to go sweep the floor. Hmm. And I said, I'm sorry. I have more to offer. So he, 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 you know, he defended me That's and he good. says, he's trying, he's, I'm taking him to a job interview right after this. So he takes me to the job interview. He takes me to the gym, across the, across the city to East side Tulsa. And, um, he grabs my hand says, we're going to pray before you go in, grabs my hand, says a powerful prayer to ask God for favor, to give me this job, to give me the opportunity to move forward in life. He, he says the prayer for me. He says, Abe, you're going to have favor. Things are, Today is a beautiful day. So I get out of the car with a prayer, a powerful prayer. I go into my job interview. The vice president, who's in my book, yeah. the vice president of the gym, All-American, Scott Matlock, who I, who I talk about, uh, he looks at my resume. He says, wow, great resume for all these years. What happened for the last three years, almost four? It's been it's blank. I said, yeah, that's kind of my story. I'm on the ankle monitor. I just got out of prison like two weeks ago. Um, but I'm a new man. I'm ready to work hard. I just need an opportunity. And um, he looks at me. He goes back to the back office. Says, hold on, I got to take this call. Comes back. Hires me. Wow. On the spot. Gave me the job and says, I don't know why, but I'm going to give you this opportunity. Um, obviously I was thrilled. I was so excited. I I couldn't believe it. And what ended up happening was after I got the job, I asked him, can I stay and work out? You know, I work out every day. I didn't work out because I had the probation. I couldn't do it early. So I work out. I do my workout. I had a great workout. I'm all pumped up. I'm not going to jail. I'm not going back to prison. I walk next door to like a supplement store. And they sell proteins and smoothies. So I go in there with the intention of buying a smoothie. Only have a few bucks in my pocket. Well, a customer walks in a few minutes behind me. I'm looking at all the supplements because I haven't seen this in years, right? I was in prison. They come up to me and they say, hey, you're in great shape. What do you recommend? Like, what's a good muscle builder? And I'm like, "Uh, it's been a while. I don't want to tell them that I just got out of prison. (laughs) But I said, well, this one is normal. And it was like pump juice. It was like something... Um, that I remember taking in the past. And I said, I think this is a good one. So they pick it up. They take it to the front. They pay for it. It was like 50, 60 bucks. The owner was impressed. And the owner says, I don't know. Uh, I, we, we introduced each other. What's your name? I said, well, my name is Abraham. Would you like a job? <laughs> they said, are you looking for a job? We would love to have you. I said, are you serious? They said, you just sold it. You just made a sell and you didn't even try. I said, yeah, I'll take a job. I got two jobs wow. that day. Wow. Two jobs that day. And by the end of the day, my probation officer was calling me, leave. what's going on? Where's your job? I, I'm sending you back to prison. I call it back. I got two jobs today. Now, probation is kind of chaotic because there's there's men, there's there's female, and I don't want to single anyone out. But they, and that's why I say they, um, <laughs> I call them back and I say, I got two jobs today. 
They say, let me speak to the bosses. I want to speak to the, the managers. Oh, yeah, they always do. I said, sure. I'll connect you, boom, boom, boom. Because you probably had a curfew at night, of course, right? I had, so you yeah, had I had an ankle monitor. Yeah. I had to be home. And at first, the curfew was seven. Yeah, that's but, crazy. But then at a gym, the gym now the gym that I worked at was open 24 hours. Yeah. But when I first got the job at the gym, they said, well, what hours can you work? I said, give me as many as possible. I could work forever. <laughs> Keep me out of the house. Keep me out of the house. <laughs> so then I had to report back to probation and say, okay, I'm working till 10. So now my they had, cur- they had a problem with that. They had they? a problem with yeah. it originally. There was a big problem, but they talked to the manager and said, "No, we we can run the gym and blah blah blah." So now my curfew is I couldn't leave the house till after seven a.m. and mm-hmm. I had to be in by seven p.m. So now all of that changed. Now it's you know ten p.m. But I had another problem: the buses stopped running so late, mm. so I couldn't ride the bus home. So guess what happens? The owner of the supplement shop starts to take me home Wow! every night. And before you knew it, I had two jobs. I started saving a little bit of money. I bought my first $800 car. It was the Acura Integra. I got a, a car now. Now I'm, now I'm leaving the house at 5 a.m. And I'm training clients from 5.30. And I'm there at the gym till 10 p.m. That's awesome. So now I'm doing everything. And long story short... Someone in the gym tells me, because they heard my story, what my mission was, just like we're talking. I said, I'm gonna start a clothing line. They said, oh, my auntie, she prints shirts. What? So I out of all the gyms I end up at, I end up at the gym where somebody's yeah. family prints <laughs> t-shirts. So they literally, I had artwork already drawn from prison. Ugh, awesome. I had designs that were already created from prison. They just took the paperwork, prison paperwork, and created artwork. Those were my first t-shirts made. I was selling those out of the trunk of my car. Within six months, I became the manager of the gym. And now the t-shirts are being sold all throughout the gym. Somebody comes up to me and says, I saw Forever Faith. I looked at your website. And you know what I had on my website? No clothing. (laughs) I didn't know how to do it. Somebody had put it up for me. But my website said one thing. It said, the greatest service to mankind is finding a way to serve many people. Jim Rohn. Yep. And he said he was so impressed with the message he says that he felt that God sent him into my life to help me because I, I didn't know what I was doing. Wow. Now, this is the man you refer to in the book as Pops. Pops. I love Pops. Pop. He says, I'm a retired. I'm retired. I do dog shows. He's a dog show celebrity. Yeah, that's awesome. A judge. I may have to go back and see <laughs> if he if he works with like the, the big top dog shows. He, the Westminster biggest in the, and all oh, those. He's on national TV every year. Because we, my, my daughters and I watch those top oh. dog shows all the time so i've probably seen him. you have he actually wears forever faith suits <laughs> oh so man. his suits say forever faith I'll on have, it I'll on national to, tv yeah, yeah. Cool. so he comes up to me and, and offers services as photography he says i have some hobbies i can help you but at this point i had sold all the t-shirts and we're doing a rebatch a reorder i started the company without officially starting it yeah. i didn't have an llc yeah, yeah. or anything and he says you're a mess he's like god sent me to help you he pulls out his credit cards. He says, I'm going to invest into this mission. He pulls out his credit cards and and tells me how much money's on there and says, I'm going to help you. That's awesome. And that was it. From that point on, I, I, there was no doubt that God had yeah. everything set up yeah. for me. I said, okay. It, because then I started to say, wait a minute. Because I told him no originally. I said, no, yeah. I don't want your money. Yeah. But I said, wait a minute. God gave me this whole mission. Why is it so prison. hard for us to receive Sometimes the the very people, the very answers to our prayers. Sometimes, right. uh, sometimes it's so hard for us to just maybe I don't know see it, receive it, whatever. Right, right. So yeah. we get in um, our own way. We're yeah, our own problem. Yeah, we are. We really you are. Know. Well, man, forever faith has grown into this huge. I mean, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna talk about all the celebrities you know and the connections you've made because I want people to read the book. Absolutely. We've, yes. we've talked a yes. lot about what's in the book, but I want to leave some things untalked about. Yes. But uh, you have, you've had the, a lot of favor. Amen. And your clothing line is blown up to international <laughs> uh, youth teams, yes, uh, adults, yes. uh, major Evander Holyfield. Yeah. I wasn't going to say the name. I, he, I wasn't going to say the name. He had to. He's a, a eight-time world champion. You I guys got to get the book. <laughs> I want these people to read the book because it, it's incredible what you've done and where it started. Only from God. Um, only because of God, right? And talk talk just for another couple of minutes about about the strength of your mom. But then, but then I want you to talk about 
your 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 bride and and your yes. kids. My mom is the backbone. You know, my mom was my strength. Um, I, there's no way I would be here without her today. You know, she has sacrificed her entire life for us. And you know, coming here from Mexico as a youngster, giving everything that she could for us. So I owe her everything. I'm so grateful for her. Absolutely, would not be here without her today. Seeing yeah. her work ethic. Um, as I was as a teenager is really what I understood. She was working two, three jobs all the time yeah. to provide for us. So I learned most of my work ethic from seeing her. Right. And um, you know, she's just been such an incredible blessing, a, a stool, a, a strong strength for me. Um, she's she gave me the name. Yeah. She she knew something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew something. Um, you know, and and that has led me to to you know loving her and and treating her as an incredible woman. And that has led me to an incredible family, you know, because so I didn't us, have a father. Tell us, uh, yeah. your wife is named Ha. My name is my my wife's name is Ha. Ha Mai. It's Vietnamese, and she's in the book. Yep. I meet her out of prison, a year out of prison. While I had the ankle monitor, I was training her. I was a trainer at the gym, and um, I remember I didn't have any money to take her out on a date. I didn't have money to to wine and dine her or fancy her. Nothing. And that's what I was used to in the past right. is attracting those kinds of girls. And um, she just wanted to know that I was a good person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we met, she had a son and his name is Justin. And Justin was eight years old when we met. Um, his father wasn't in involved in his life. Now, the way you tell the story in the book, though. Is is you you were getting to know her for a little bit? Yes, yes. And didn't yeah. know he I, I didn't, didn't know about the son. I didn't know right away. No. And I didn't uh, know. you know, and 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 that whole process of God taking you through, you know, because you were about to bail. You were like, or at least in your mind, you were like, I didn't sign up for this. There was still a little bit of ego and pride yeah. and selfishness. And then, you know? but then God brought you back to slap me. How how your dad did exactly, you exactly exactly, and that you couldn't do this no. the same way, no. and then eventually. Um, yeah. Eventually, it led into um, to me and her having her own child. Your own child, yeah. which again I still hit again human, yes. a human, uh, you know, uh, fear, right? You know, because you know, I, I, there's so much in the story, yeah, uh, to the story. But you know, there was a lawsuit involved. There was a, a multi-million dollar buyout Quit involved. Everything, I, yeah. yeah Stop so it. Stop it. I'm just. I'm but telling I am, you. <laughs> I want everybody to know that yes. Not everything has been as exactly how it is now. He's had some yeah, oh, crazy stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to read the book. But I, she was I my did the work. Blessing. Too. I did the work and I read the book. So <laughs> I want everybody else to do the work and read the book uh, because it's it, it touches every yes. level, every emotion, yeah, yeah. every heartstring. Uh, but I come away from reading that book with the mindset of a champion. Amen. And that's Amen. what you want. That's exactly the and purpose. And that's what you want. Yep. And so we're going to put all your social media links on, on the show page. We'll put yep. all whatever pictures you want to us to put on the show page. We, we put pictures, whatever, whatever. Um, but, but just tell us real quick what's in the works. So we, we just came out with the book. The book is, is the focus because the book is the message. The book is, is, is tells the story. That's like the prime thing. Of course, there's the clothing and the supplements and all the other stuff, which is great. But we're already in the middle of converting the book into a movie script. Okay. So we're going to turn it into a movie script. Who's going to play you? It's a good question. <laughs> now, now, because... Because I ask, if you listen to some other podcast, I ask most of my yeah. guests, if there were to be a movie made about uh, your life... Yeah. Who would you want to play you? So based on mindset of champions and what I what that is about, I believe in us becoming the best version of ourselves, but I don't think we become the best version of ourselves until we put God first, right? So with that mindset, God first, ourselves second, I see it as a challenge and I want to play myself. Uh, now, if the rest of the team, the other producers, if they don't feel that I'm giving the delivery as an actor, then I have no problem removing yeah. myself yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from that. Um, so, but in reality, in my heart, I actually it's going to be me. I, 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 I think truly it should. believe uh, at least you, it'll be me in prison. So you, once I get to prison, you have the talent. You have the talent. Yeah, you can't be the young you. No, obviously. right, right, uh, right. The prison and, and, and on, the I teenage think. you and all that. So there'll be different actors, but but you know the adult you. Yeah. Uh, you you should be because you have the you have the talent. Yeah. Uh, and you already know that you have the passion and emotion yeah, yeah. behind. And you it, saw the so. book trailer. Yes. So that's yeah. a glimpse into yeah. it, and like that's be already 
You know, that was a challenge. Okay, so if you weren't going to do it... I can't... Nobody. Who would you be like, I, 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 all right, I would allow like Tom Cruise. Or no, I would allow, no. You know, um, who, who would you uh, be okay with playing you? You don't know? You know, honestly, I can't, I can't <laughs> even imagine anybody else playing me. I just, That's good. That's I, good. I can't. It's just... It's stuck in me, and I'm... I'm pretty confident it's going to be me. I'm okay if it's not. Um, and if it's not, then I, I'm not going to worry about it. We'll figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be me from I'm prison happy. on. I'm happy for you. Anything new, anything bigger in the business that's going to happen soon that's that hasn't happened right now that's you in know, the works? I, I was fortunate to meet with our governor, you know, in Oklahoma. And, you know, the whole mission is to help people. So all of these things that are happening, um, we need a financial gain because the one thing that I – truly believe is you can't help the world broke right that's so true. And, and you know everybody wants to help people everybody's calling you for help but if you are not at your ultimate best how can you help everybody else right so our mission is to help people but at the end of the day we need funding whether it's to drive somewhere whether it's to fly somewhere whether it's hotel food stay you know paying for things so i want to be self-financed into the mission of helping so I want the vehicle to be from Forever Faith. Everything that we make here, we pour back into to to the world. Um, so you know, there's I wanted I probably want to have a factory. I want to go back and have an inmate program, a system because there, yeah. when I was in prison, there was no program for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So going into the streets is not a program. No. Nope. Like they're nope. not teaching us any skills, any traits. So when we get out, we have something. So I want to do something where we're having inmates in prison either manufacture. Cut and sew, design, yeah, so package. Good. They they work some trait with my brand, right. and they're able to work for it. And then when they get out, they have the abilities, That's and awesome. we have another division on the outside that allows them to grow and make larger money and yeah. be part of our impact team to help the world. Yeah, so, so I'm good. focused right now on juvenile detention centers. So if anyone is connected to juvenile detention centers, please connect us. I've already this last week I had six zoom calls with Houston and Dallas, all the juvenile detention centers. Nice. And we're doing that all over the world. So two things before we go, yep. how important was John Hellstrom as wow. a, as a prison volunteer? Right. Right. Come, I want you to just speak about the importance of all prison volunteers <coughs> because you never know when you're talking to the next Abe Cruz, you never know when you're talking to the next right. Paul, the apostle right. Paul, right. you never know. Right. You know, because uh, one of my friends, Robert Madu, he's a, he's a he's a preacher. He just planted his church in Dallas now. But he, uh, when I first got out of prison, he had just started in his preaching, and uh, he said a statement from the pulpit. He said, "I believe that some of the the best modern day evangelists and message spreaders of Christ are still in prison." prison. Mm. And 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 I agree with that. But at the same time, there has to be a group of people going in. Yeah, to help foster find. that yeah. and pray over and speak yeah. over Absolutely. and 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 uh, validate your dreams yeah. and and yeah. business plans and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, but he was there for you. Absolutely. Not only inside. Right. See, in Texas, they tell you if you're a volunteer, you come inside. You can't make contact with your Person, with any yeah. of the it, it, inmates outside. And so I, you know, I think that was the same thing. I'm sure it was. I don't know how we got reconnected. But we did, <laughs> and and here's the and important the, here's the importance of that from your perspective and his. Yeah, he saved you from going back to to prison. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, because he was able to give you a ride. Yep. You yep. know, uh, yep. to get you to where you needed to go. Right. And if he hadn't been, I would've been back. You know, um, look at that. I would've so, been back. And that and the sad part is that the system didn't really care. No, they don't about. Giving us an opportunity, no. they don't care. No. Um, so Hellstrom is maybe I'll have you back on uh, uh, next year, and we'll just talk about judicial reform. Absolutely, criminal that justice stuff reform. is so important to, to so. talk about. And and I see all the stuff you're doing out there in, in Texas. So I'm you know so proud of you. Congratulations. Keep doing it because you're you, obviously you caught my attention. Yeah. When all, I saw what yeah. you're doing, I said, oh wow, he's doing something. That's great. I want to be. I want to meet him. I want to be involved. And I'm hoping that even after this. We, there's stuff that we can do together. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how can anybody listening to this, other than getting con, uh, connecting you with juvenile detention, how can just the regular old person just support Forever Faith? You know, go to foreverfaith.com, and you, you can email us there or, or my social media, The Real Abe Cruz. 
you know, abecruise.com. But for everything is through Forever Faith. It makes it simple and easy. Yeah. You know, we filter there. I mean, we can donate. We can. You know, you know. So somebody actually, I just got off the phone with somebody, and they they actually said I needed to start a a a donation towards the film fund. Okay. Because Perfect. um, it's not. I mean, to shoot a movie is not going to be easy. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. It's not free, and it, even if it's. A couple extra hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars. You never know. You just never know. So, so on Forever Faith, we can buy merchandise. You can but, buy merchandise. But you have the option to donate anything to or... No. That's a business, so you can't really donate Don't, to a business. No. Right. But you're going to eventually have a, a button on there where they can donate to the uh, movie fund. Yes. I'm gonna, I, You just pushed me to make that happen Perfect. because we were right. talking about that. So By the but, time this airs, we I, expect there to be a donate button. I'll get it up there. So if you're listening to this podcast yes. today, Friday <laughs> noon... Uh, then, then you need to go check to make sure he, uh, he did that. Um, <laughs> all right. So the best way you can, um, help spread the message is buy the merchandise, buy, buy, the, merchandise. buy the book. That's it. Wear, that. wear the shirts, buy the book. The shirt is the message forever right. faith. When I'm in the gym, when I'm walking around the message, what is forever faith? Yep. It's we get, powerful. we're the same way yeah, with the forgiven yeah. felon shirts. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great, it's a great conversation starter. Right. You know, and and so, thank you for my shirt. I yeah, appreciate thank it. I'm going to get you one. You're going to get me one, yeah. so thank you for yours. <laughs> and um, thank you. Thank you. Um, last thing, how important has it been? Um, there's not too many women that will take on the, the the adventure of marrying somebody who's been to prison. My wife is one of them. Right. She's the sweetest right. person right. ever. True. Never been in trouble in her life. True. Cried when she got her first traffic ticket. And, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, welcome to the criminal world, baby. Um, yeah. She was a missionary in Thailand for three years. Wow. Just incredible. But there's been a learning curve for her. Frustrations because there are certain things I can't do. Right. Even as a felon. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. even be the ex the uh, executor of my mom's will. My mom is is getting old, and she wrote her will out. And the lawyer said, you can't have Jade Ann as as the executor of your will because he's a felon. And so. You know, there's so many different things that, um, you know, when we first started marrying, you know, getting married, uh, the the yeah. whole apartment thing, she didn't understand right. why I would not get accepted. And so, um, right. but just talk about Ha and how great she is. And, you know, and she, just, you know, be, obviously, you know, I, I, my mom was incredible. Pops is incredible. But Ha, you know, was that every single day support. Because, yeah. you know, we were together, we were married, we have two kids now. Um, she's such a a driver. She's, she yeah. just, see, such a, a, an incredible support system. Her heart, her soul, um, she just... And it was crazy trying to support you. I mean, you were absolutely. back and forth from yeah. L.A. Yeah. to yeah. all this yeah. stuff. And yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, she went through all that. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, what yeah. an awesome yeah. woman. I remember, that was a tough time. I remember she was pregnant. Yeah. I was in L.A., I came back to Oklahoma. I leave, and that was a tough time. You know, how do people like us get such great women? Huh? God. It's only God. It's right? only God. Only it's God. only God. And I think it's a lesson because if I was single and not with her, as I said in the book, I'd probably been oh, running yeah. around crazy, yeah. getting into more trouble. Yeah. And that's probably what the devil wanted. But God has other plans for us, and when we follow them, when we when we let Him lead the way, yes. right? When we put Him yes. first, that He shows us what happens. So, um, she's just been incredible. And now, you know, Justin is 18, the son, our yeah, son, he's yeah. 18 and he works with me. He, he handles a lot of stuff. So that's, awesome. that's incredible. Yeah. So it's just truly a blessing. I'm blessed. I'm privileged. I, I know I am. I'm so grateful. And now you start to understand when God gives you everything, he gives it to you to help other people. He gives it to you for other people. It's not for you. It's not yeah. for the self um, you know the the instant gratification to feel right, good. Right, right, right. No, he gives it to you because he, it's re you're ready for something else in this world. You have a purpose, you have a mission, and you find your purpose. And it usually isn't until you get slapped around and hit a yeah. rock bottom. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Abe, thank you so much for coming on Background Check. And thank you. Let us dig you. into your background. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we're we're excited about the movie. And thank you for letting me come into your home today. And yes. And uh, and just being a part just being a part of your life. So amen, amen. appreciate all you do for the kingdom. Appreciate all you do for our criminal justice system that you're working on amen. and uh, the message that you spread. So amen. Forever faith mindset of champions. All amen. Right, Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wow. What an episode to be our one year anniversary episode. So man, 
I'm so thankful that God called Abe Cruz right there in the middle of, of prison on that phone. He prayed that prayer, and then God just began depositing things in his life. Look, let me tell you, I mean, basically what he did was he's living out a self-fulfilled uh, prophecy. Everything that he's doing now, he wrote down and talked about and spoke over his life in prison. I mean, he even told the guard he needs to make sure the acne doesn't scar his face because he's going to be on, you know, TVs and, and photos. And, you know, I mean, he went he went all in. And it just makes me, it challenged me, man. This interview challenged me. You know, what am I all in? Am I all in on everything that I'm doing, that everything I'm supposed to be doing? Am I writing things down? Am I running things by um, three people that have nothing to do, have nothing in common with me? I mean, how brave was that to, to share his dream with three other people who didn't even share the same faith, who didn't share the same sexual orientation? I mean, it, it's incredible the boldness that he had to do what he did and the, the mindset, the mindset of champions. I mean, God first, yourself second. You know, I know we grew up here, and if you grew up in Sunday school, you you know uh, the word joy, Jesus, others, and then yourself. And I get that. I understand that we need to consider others uh, above yourself. what the Word of God says. But at the same time, it says love your neighbor the way you love, like you love yourself. And so if you don't love yourself and you don't take care of yourself and you don't look out for yourself, you can't love others very well so i get where he's going man when he says god first yourself second and um and 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 don't ever get them switched don't ever get them too switched i think that's where we mess up a lot you know we never put we never put others in front of god we always put ourselves in front of god and so i love i love i love the book you got to buy the book people i know this is a long interview both both parts but the book is still worth buying. Just to hear all the, we haven't, we didn't even, there's still 30% of, of stuff that we didn't even talk about that's in the book. So you got it, you got to buy the book. And I know some of you have already bought the, uh, the, the gear, the, the apparel, the shirts, the different things. So, uh, so go to foreverfaith.com and support his mission by, by, by sharing the message. Through uh, through the through the gear through through buying the book, I think he's even got some. You can buy supplements in a book or, or gear in a book. You know, you can get a little combo pack going there. So, listen, um, let's let's pray, let's pray for for Abe one more time, and um, before we go, Father, thanks again for for Abe, for Abraham, Lord, thank you for all the promises that you made to him, and the promises he made to you, and thank you thank you, Lord, for for working out and fulfilling all of those things. Thank you for uh, John Hellstrom for going into the prisons, but also being there for him when he, when he got out. Thank you for Pops setting him up with uh, for success and, and uh, Fred Bassett, who is Pops. Lord, thank you for him. Thank you for his wife, Ha, and his kids, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for what they do for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that going forward, you open doors for Abe and Ha and their family and their business and Fred, everybody involved in Forever Faith. Uh, Lord, you've already opened so many doors. I pray you open so many, so many more. Lord, give him favor in the judicial system in Oklahoma. Give him favor in these detention centers. Lord, let people seek Abraham out to come share his story with the youngsters, Lord. Thank you for Forever Faith. Thank you, Lord, for Abraham Cruz. Give him everything he needs. Funding. Let the movie go off without a hitch, Lord. And even make sure he gets to play the part. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the honor to sit down and hear uh, the story of your love and grace and mercy as it pertains to Abe Cruz. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks again for celebrating our, our uh, one-year anniversary of Background Check Podcast. We got some special... Um, Episodes coming up, Father's Day episodes. We got an episode coming up, um, a very special episode coming up pretty soon, where I interview a, a dad whose whose son was killed by a drunk driver, 
and it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be good. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much for listening and making this thing happen. Share, spread the word, share this with somebody today. Uh, whatever podcast uh, platform you're listening on, just th- there's a, a where where you can hit the share button and it'll give you a chance to copy that link and send that link to somebody. I challenge you to send it to one person today and tell them to download. If they're listening on Apple, tell them to rate us and review us. And uh, thank thank you. We could not do this without you. And if you want to somehow support the, the show, uh, you can make a, a donation straight to Forgiven Felons. Uh, because Forgiven Felons puts background check podcast on. So, you know, and, and, and I do all the editing. I do all the work myself. So if you want to, uh, and that takes time, and, and if you want to support that cause, just go to ForgivenFelons.org, the, the donation page, and put in there that you're donating on behalf of Background Check Podcast. And uh, thanks again. Listen, I pray over you in your life. I speak over you in your life, wherever you are, whether you're in a prison cell, whether you're in your office, whether you're on the streets, whether you're listening to the car, you're homeless, whatever. God's got a dream for you. God's got a dream that's already in your heart. You, you may not know it's there. Pray and ask God for it. He'll show it to you. God doesn't like Abe more than he likes you. He loves us all. What is your dream that you need to be pursuing? Love y'all, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J. Dan Gum, and this has been Background Check.